0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Juba, helping you find happiness and joy on your homesteading journey. Today is Friday, November 25th, 2022, and this is episode number 54. And today we're going to be talking about regenerative agriculture. I will say I am... Recording as I'm driving again, and I'm realizing how loud this road is. I don't know, maybe they need to redo it at some point, I'm not sure. So, we will dive right into today's episode. So, what is regenerative agriculture? Regenerative agriculture is a way to farm, it's a way to grow food that improves the environment. It regenerates the soil and it builds soil fertility and health. So if you're not super familiar with agriculture in general or growing food or regenerative agriculture, you might be wondering what's the difference between regenerative agriculture and regular agriculture? Like why do we need that adjective in the front there that says regenerative? Shouldn't all agriculture help improve the environment and the soil right uh so no our common agriculture systems that we use today to grow large amounts of mono crops when i say monocrops, i mean one crop at a time so soybean fields cotton fields tobacco fields i'm bringing a bunch of those up because i live in the south so I have seen my fair share of soybean not soybean necessarily sometimes soybean but mostly my fair share of tobacco and cotton being grown so big agriculture that grows a lot of crops is not regenerative the practices that we use to grow big crops and to grow food most of the time are not regenerative and they're actually damaging the environment they're damaging the soil um so we're going to kind of go a little bit more into that now that we've gone over the definition of what is regenerative agriculture so what else can it do though besides obviously improve the environment and how does it improve the environment? So one of the things regenerative agriculture can do is it can sequester it can sequester carbon. So I'm sure you hear everyone's, not everyone, but people talk about their carbon footprint and companies being carbon neutral and greenhouse gas emissions leading to global warming and the polar ice caps melting. Like you could totally go down a rabbit hole there with one thing leading to the next thing leading to the next thing. How much of that do I believe in? I'm not here to tell you all of it's fake news, not by any means. But I do think if there's a way to naturally take some of the carbon out of the air and put it into the soil where it belongs, why wouldn't we do that? It it just makes sense. So if you think back 100, 150 years ago... There were no cars emitting these greenhouse gases and carbon being one of them. And now everybody's got a car. Some people own two cars, three cars, four cars. You know what I'm saying? And we start driving at a young age and all the teenagers have their own car, you know? So there's just cars everywhere and there's more of us now than there was a hundred years ago anyway and now we're talking about cars so there's so many other ways that carbon gets put out into the environment don't get me wrong but gasoline from your car is one of them so my thoughts are if we can sequester carbon by doing some regenerative agriculture it can't hurt anything right so I feel like before we go too much further into what is regenerative agriculture a little bit more I think an important distinction we can make is the difference between soil and dirt because I talked about regenerative agriculture regenerating the soil so we're going to move into well what is soil what do you mean by soil health what what is that so what is soil exactly? So I looked up what well, the difference is when you start Googling soil versus dirt. So when I think of soil, I think of an organism that's alive. It's its own ecosystem. Within our soil, there are, there's so many different bacterias and little microbes. It is literally alive. So, I feel like when a lot of people that maybe don't know a lot about farming, gardening, they just look at the ground, what's underneath their grass, and that's dirt to them. You know, you can buy a bag of dirt at Lowe's. So, when I Google the word dirt (laughs) to figure out, you know, what, what is the difference? When you Google the word dirt, you actually get things like not clean dirty comes up when you google the word dirt which is also not clean also gossip is dirt you know give me the dirt the details on so, so and so so dirt almost has this like negative connotation like you don't want to touch the dirt you don't want to get in the dirt dirt is gross dirt is not what you want but soil is what we want healthy soil is what we want full of the microbes and the microorganisms full of life the nutrients that live in the soil but as we start to kill these things off we kill the life we kill the bacteria we kill the microbes the microorganisms once we start killing all of that it literally just becomes dirt where it's got it's got nothing so when you are eating fresh fruits and vegetables, yes, those fresh fruits and fr- fresh fruits and vegetables will have some nutrients of their own. But a lot of that comes from the soil. They feed off of what's in the soil. The soil aids their growth. And so, if all of the microorganisms are dead in the soil, then there's nothing. To help these plants grow big and strong and be the healthiest that they possibly can and have all the nutrients that they should have. It is possible to maybe grow some stuff in dirt, but it really will not have the same nutrient breakdown as it does when you're growing it in a rich, healthy soil. So I would love for all of us to start looking at our soil as this beautiful ecosystem, something that's alive, something that we don't want to ruin. So now that we've kind of talked about soil versus dirt, now you might be wondering, well, how does regenerative agriculture help build the soil? How does it help regenerate the soil and increase fertility? so regenerative agriculture does a lot of things so there's not just one simple practice that makes something regenerative agriculture like you can go to a lot of different farms that are regenerative agriculture farms and not one of them will be a hundred percent the same as the last one you just visited because there's all these different ways to improve soil health and fertility and sequester carbon. There's so many different ways to do it that there's no right or wrong ways. So I'm going to go into some of the ways that regenerative agriculture can look, what it can look like on a farm, not that it has to look this way on every single farm. So the first one I'm going to be bringing up is tilling the ground. Regenerative agriculture... You generally do not till the ground up. So if you're new to agriculture, farming, gardening world, you might be wondering, what is tilling? So tilling is when you take these usually big machines. They do have like the self-propelled little push guy that you could use on your own. Um, But a lot of times the tillers are attached to some kind of tractor or big machinery. And you are basically chopping up the soil into little pieces, it makes it easier to plant. If you have a field with nothing but grass, you go through with a tiller, you wind up with a bunch of dirt. That's just the very, very basic concept of tilling. I personally have never used a tiller. I don't ever plan on using the tiller. I can see the benefits on certain pieces of property to till the first season to really get the ground up get the grass up and then you don't till after that i know many people that have done that what really damages the soil is when you till it every single year over and over and over and over and over and over over again so i want you to think about what tilling does it takes these big blades into the dirt chops the dirt up and flips it over like flips it around a bit if as we were talking about soil is this living ecosystem and you chop up an ecosystem and expose parts of the ecosystem to the air that are not used to being exposed to the air what's going to happen? they're going to start to die I also want you to think about Um, if you look at a forest things don't get re-exposed to air over and over again that are in the soil and what holds the soil in, in place it's the roots the roots of the trees, the roots of the bushes, the roots of the plants hold it all together and so when you are now chopping up all those roots The soil is loose. It's not held together by anything anymore. And so it makes it a lot easier for this soil or potentially dirt to become runoff. And when you get a big bad rainstorm, you lose an inch of topsoil, which is not good (laughs) for a lot of reasons. We won't even go too far down that rabbit hole. But you see kind of where I'm going with this tilling over and over again. You're killing the ecosystem, you're killing the little organisms that live in there. And you're just you're breaking up all those roots that help hold the dirt and soil together. So it makes a lot of sense to not till to leave the roots in the ground. So I'm not gonna go too much further down this rabbit hole of tilling versus no tilling. That could probably be a whole nother episode. So another regenerative agriculture technique that can be used to help improve the soil and sequester some carbon is what's called cover cropping. So let's say you have a seasonal garden, you grow food in the spring, in the summer, in the early fall, but in the winter, maybe not a whole lot grows by you. So what do you do, what do you do with your garden? Essentially, I want you to think about like putting it to sleep almost like putting it to bed for the winter. So what cover cropping is, is when you will not be using that plot of land, you grow something else on it instead. Because if you yet again, look at the forest, there's no exposed dirt, soil, whatever. There's no exposed topsoil anywhere in the forest, anywhere. It is covered by something, whether it's ivy or leaves or bushes or trees or roots or whatever it might be. There is never just randomly exposed soil. So I want you to view your soil the same way. You don't want for the whole winter season to leave your soil completely exposed to the freezing cold and to everything else. You don't want that you want to protect that ecosystem that you have living in your soil i personally have not been great about this before like right now it's the end of november and my soil is completely exposed so don't worry i'll be working on what i'm gonna do to protect the soil that i do have there I have heard of people using some kind of, like, black tarp or something to put over it to kind of keep the soil warm, keep the organisms happy under there. So that could be an option too, but I will say I have not looked that up that much. So cover cropping is where you grow something. So even if it's not edible, if you grow, there's all these different types of grains out there or things that maybe you can feed to livestock. Maybe you grow something like that in the winter and you don't really care if it gets to be full-grown size because you're not trying to eat it. So that's an idea. That's what cover cropping is. But I guess I kind of went down the rabbit hole with there are other ways to cover your soil, but cover cropping is a big thing that you can do. Another regenerative agriculture practice that gets used is rotating crops. So I want you to think about if you have a garden, like I mentioned before, and you every single year grow tomatoes in the exact same spot in your garden over and over and over and over again, what's going to happen? So when different plants grow, they will actually sometimes regenerate certain nutrients in your soil and other times that plant will pull nutrients specific nutrients from that soil so it's recommended that you rotate your crops and you rotate them so they are constantly helping each other out so a big nitrogen feeder like tomatoes can be followed by a nitrogen fixer afterwards and that will help fix your soil that will help replenish all the nutrients that maybe got pulled out by a certain type of plant so if you're constantly growing tomatoes in the same corner over and over again eventually the nutrient levels aren't going to be where you want them to be to grow beautiful healthy tomatoes so rotating crops great idea. Compost is another like tip or trick or method that regenerative agriculture uses for a lot of reasons. So I've talked about composting before, but that's where you can break down your garden scraps, your kitchen scraps, and other waste like leaves, things like that. And it turns into like this... uh, It's beautiful consistency. It doesn't smell rotting, you know, but it's just a beautiful. So it's so basically as it breaks down, as it composts down, it becomes this material that's like soil, but it's not soil. It's full of all these rich nutrients that those microorganisms need So it's great if you can either get your hands on some high quality compost or make your own compost and put that on top of your soil as you are gardening or if you have a farm of your own or a homestead of some sort. So compost is a great tool that you can use. You can also use compost to cover your soil with a nice thick layer of compost. So something else regenerative agriculture does is they don't usually use the horrible chemicals, the fertilizers, the pesticides, the insecticides, the herbicides, like you can go on and on with the all different chemicals that you could put on your crops. So a lot of times those chemicals that are being put on the crop, even if it's for one specific thing, like let's say you buy a pesticide or an insecticide that's supposed to kill fire ants. You put that on your soil, but it's gonna have other negative effects as well, besides just killing off all your fire ants. So none of these things, I don't think, belong in your garden. Maybe on a very specific case-by-case basis. I personally have bought like organic insecticides, because for a while I was fighting off hundreds and thousands of aphids. So the insecticide was the only way I knew how to keep some of my plants alive. But it wasn't the highly chemical insecticide. It was an organic one. So now, do you have to be organic to be a regenerative agriculture, farm, or garden? No, but... I feel like they kind of go hand in hand now do all organic farms have to follow regenerative agriculture principles the answer on that is definitely not organic farms it just means they're not using those chemicals but the organic farms can still till every single year they can still leave their soil bare and exposed they don't have to rotate crops if they don't feel like rotating crops they don't have to use compost like all of these other great things that can help with regenerative agriculture organic farms don't have to do organic farms just don't have to or cannot use the chemicals so it's something to note there so can you practice some of this regenerative agriculture stuff where you're at i think absolutely i think regenerative agriculture i'm only like skimming the surface here with the topic of regenerative agriculture i think we can all practice regenerative agriculture with what we're doing whether that's gardening or homesteading maybe you've got a farm even if you don't actively do a lot with regenerative agriculture, I think you can maybe learn more and help other people that may need to learn about regenerative agriculture. I think all of these things you can do on a small scale and on a big scale as well. And I do want to I guess pose a few questions here at the end. So we, the. Regenerative agriculture sounds good in theory, right? Sounds maybe too good to be true. Something that improves the environment, regenerates the soil, builds soil fertility and health. If that is true, and that's what regenerative agriculture does, why isn't that what we're already doing? Why isn't that common knowledge? Why do we have to put... Regenerative in front of agriculture to specify the difference between what we are doing and something that we could be doing. Why don't we practice some of these things on our properties? If it's better for not just the environment as a whole because we're, sequ- we're sequestering carbon, but if it's better for your property because it's now a healthier soil that's gonna grow you bigger stronger better healthier plants why wouldn't you do some of this it's just common sense i think but i think not enough people realize that these are options because when we look at big farming we see the tillers that come out every single season when we look at maybe our neighbor's garden or a grandma and grandpa, or anybody's garden, and they pull the tiller out every single season. They don't use compost. They don't, to that, to, it's just dirt, you know, it doesn't mean anything. I just, to me, a lot of this stuff makes sense. I personally would love for my, property to mimic closer to what the forest is and what the forest does kind of learn from nature learn from the wild I think that's very powerful and it's something that we can all do so I would love to see you practice some of this on your property your garden whatever that might be I think now that we know better we have to do better now that we know the damage that we're doing and that there's a way to reverse that damage. So, I did not look up any statistics before I started recording this. I maybe should have, but we lose as a whole in the United States of America tons, literal tons of topsoil every single year. We lose it because we till up the ground, rain comes through and washes away the dirt. So we're causing massive erosion on a huge scale. And where is, where does all that topsoil go? Eventually it runs off into the ocean. That is not where our freaking dirt belongs, is in the freaking ocean. The dirt belongs mixed into this beautiful ecosystem that makes up the soil so I I can definitely I think go down a rabbit hole here with the, the damage that we're doing as a whole and no you may not be a big farmer that's got hundreds of thousands of acres you till or whatever it may be but even if you've got a small garden that is 10 feet by 10 feet. Start to practice some of this because maybe you will get a bigger piece of property one day. Or maybe you'll inspire your neighbor to stop tilling their yard when they see what your little garden can do. So be the example for other people. Share with other people The knowledge that you have now the damage that we're doing and that there is a way to fix some of the damage and regenerate soil you actually can grow your topsoil by doing practices like this where you're cover cropping you're mulching the dirt you're adding compost we can actually build the soil back up now we can't build it up as fast as we're losing it at this point but we can start to fix what we're doing, but we just have to care. We have to do better because now we know better. I will say right here at the end, I do have a little bit of an announcement to make. So I've been posting or recording episodes three days a week for probably about four months now, since the beginning of August. So I'm not getting rid of the podcast altogether. I really still do enjoy recording podcast episodes, but I'm going to switch from recording three times a week to only recording one time a week. So we're going to go down from three episodes to one episode a week. I haven't officially decided what day that's going to be released yet. Maybe Monday or Wednesdays. Probably Mondays. Um, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I love the podcast. I love the people that it's reaching. I think it's doing a great job. But I've mentioned in a few podcast episodes, I'm trying to write a book and I'm making these gemstone bracelets. And we're going into the holiday season where I'm going to be spending time with family. So not that I need a break. I'm not stopping the podcast, but I have to kind of shift my priorities a little bit if I'm going to finish my book on the schedule that I want to finish it on and do a few other things. So we're going down to once a week, probably Mondays. So will it ever go back up to three days a week? I'm not sure. We'll see as we keep going. So now is the time though while we're going down to one day a week if you have not caught some of the previous episodes to kind of dig back through. I know at the moment most of my more recent episodes get between 30 to 40 listens and I've got some from back in like August and September that have like seven listens so if you're one of the seven or eight listeners from the back in the beginning I appreciate you you probably don't need to go back and re-listen to episodes but if you are newer to the podcast and just started listening to a few things now feel free to go back through I'll be sharing some older episodes on my social media accounts so feel free to follow those social media accounts like us on Facebook follow us on Instagram I have mentioned that I'm going to maybe try to turn the podcast episodes into a blog post. I feel like I haven't had much time to do that. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be doing when I pair back the episodes. So that'll be starting next week. it will be just once a week. And this way I can work on things like making a blog post episode. I might start actually recording my podcast episodes live as well with like a video feed. So that might be coming too, but it will just give me more time to kind of play around with a few things by only doing it once a week instead. So that means I might have longer episodes for you coming up, but I'm not going to promise that. (laughs) I will promise once a week though, And it's going to be good. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Happy Hippie Homestead Podcast. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. And join us next week for some more amazing content.